At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VSIN and VSIN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds and Matt Humans as we kick off another episode of Golf Betting Conversation. And we want to get right to our guest tonight. He is now a three time offender as a guest here on Long Shots. One of the very best, been with us since the beginning. It is Justin Ray from the 15th Club. You can follow him on Twitter at Justin Ray Golf. Thank you so much for joining us, Justin. I know you were supposed to be with us last. Last week, but you had a rough go of it in Dallas, Texas. Uh, yeah, Austin. But same thing goes for my friends in Dallas too. They had it rough as well. But uh, yeah, here in Austin, unprecedented winter storm. The the worst part of it, and we had it better than most folks. But at one point, I filled up my bathtub with snow from outside <laughs> so that I could put it in the back tank of the toilet to use it. Oh, so that was the, that was a new low. Um, but we're, it was seventy eight degrees today. So, and the water's back working fine and everything's good. So, um, but we had it better than most for sure. Well, good to have you back here on Long Shots. And Justin, before we dive into this week's event, the Golf World's bid uh, a bit on edge, hoping for the best for Tiger Woods, who was, of course, ing- uh, injured in a single car crash early Tuesday morning in Southern California. Tell us about what you were able to find out and some of your thoughts on this very unfortunate situation. Yeah, well, based on the initial response everyone had to seeing those pictures, the first thing you're thinking of is just, man, I just hope he's alive, um, just because it was so terrifying to see um, that clearly his car rolled over several times, and it just looked like a horrific accident. And so, you know, immediately you're worried about, you know, his family, his kids, you know, his well-being just as a as a person living going forward. Um, and now to hear that, you know, the injuries weren't life-threatening, some of the initial reporting may have been a little more drastic um, than what ended up being the case. That, I think that's probably the best possible outcome, right, based on what we initially had, had thought, you know, what was going around um, early on, hearing that he may have been in critical condition and that they need the jaws of life to get him out of the car and, you know, all kinds of, uh, of horrific details. So, 
um, honestly, I just feel gratitude that, that, that the man is, you know, all things considered is going to be okay. Um, you know, and, and right now golf is just so secondary to, you know, his overall health. And uh, Justin, uh, obviously, uh, even before, now that we know what has happened today, I mean, we all saw the interview with uh, Jim Nance on uh, Sunday at, at the Genesis Invitational, where Tiger, of course, is the host. And look, he just seemed, to me, he seemed like kind of worn down, like this injury obviously was uh, was getting to him anyway, and, and it didn't sound positive uh, for Augusta going forward. Obviously, the quality of life is now the most important thing, but uh, wh- wh- where, do you, where do you see this going? I mean, in terms of, uh, of, a, of a recovery process, I guess, and uh, uh, I guess uh, his stature in the game, assuming that he's... Uh, you know, maybe not going to be playing, obviously, anytime soon. Uh, I mean, I think first we need to just get some more details about the severity of the injury, how the surgery goes. I mean, that'll probably be in the coming days when we get a more clear picture of what it could look like going forward. And I think in the most, you know, the rosiest, most optimistic outlook, um, you hope that maybe, you know, you've heard multiple, multiple fractures, a crushed ankle. You're hoping maybe in a year or so that, you know, he can, he could come back and maybe compete again. But right now, I mean, I, I think without knowing the extent of the injuries and um, how the surgery goes and, and those initial first steps, um, it's just be speculation. You know, I, I think, you know, his place in, in the sport is solidified for me. Um, after what happened at the Masters in 2019, I think everything after that is just, it's just gravy. It's just, it's just extra on top of it. And this is a guy who's given so much to the golf world, the sports world for 25 years that, you know, honestly, I think we've taken all we possibly can, um, you know, from the guy and, and, you know, anything else we can get in terms of playing on the golf course um, is just a bonus at this point. Yeah, I'd agree with you. That Masters win capped it off. Uh, Brady, uh, golf historians will remember that Ben Hogan suffered yes. uh, severe injuries, life-threatening injuries in a car wreck in Texas in uh, 1949. He was, at the time, 36 years old. He obviously made a comeback and had a really successful a career after that. We can't speculate on what type of injuries Tiger has, but uh, Ben Hogan made a remarkable uh, comeback from a, uh, a car crash uh, that year to, uh, to have a phenomenal a career. Let's hope we see Tiger Woods back on a golf course uh, in the near future. Yeah, I think uh, Hogan won a major or two after that car crash. A tweet from our friend Daniel Rappaport <laughs> felt that all things considered, the uh, news conference was very positive. This is Long Shots, the number one golf-rated betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com. The Sports Betting Network, Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds and Matt Humans with you. Our guest is Justin Ray. And now time to jump into a preview of this week's event, Justin. And it is our first World Golf Championship of the season. Also, our kickoff event for the Florida Swing, Bradenton, Florida, on the West Coast, about 45 minutes south of Tampa, at a new course to the PGA Tour Rota, and that is the concession. Now, Justin, we have not seen this course before except for the NCAAs in 2015. We don't know a ton about the course. Tell us what you've been able to uncover and what areas of one's game are going to need to be on point to win here this week. Sure. I mean, I was there in 2015 with golf channel for both the men's and women's championships. And my overwhelming impression watching college players play it is 
this is really long and really tough. Now, <laughs> it's going to be a different animal for the world's best, obviously. Uh, but on the college stage, it just it seemed a little bit overwhelming for a lot of those players. Um, it, it's comparable in distance to Bay Hill. Um, there are a lot of traits, I think, that are similar to, to Bay Hill in terms of the amount of water on the course, um, some of the demanding long iron shots that players are going to face. You know, I, in, in lieu of not having extensive course data, obviously, and player past performance at concession, I went through and looked at uh, what performances were most valuable on all Florida events on the PGA Tour over the last 10, 15 years. Uh, what I found is that driving distance is just a little bit less significant than normal. Performance off the tee, not quite as important. And iron play is much more important than normal, typically, on events in Florida. So a couple of numbers I look at this week are strokes gained approach and proximity of the hole. Um, those traits you know, that are, that are more valuable, they kind of dovetail nicely to who you think of and succeeding a lot in Florida in recent years. We all know, you know Tiger is arguably the best iron player maybe of all time easily of his generation. And he had so much success in Florida, but a guy like Sung JM last year, breaking through behind the classic and winning um, who I've got some great numbers on uh, here in a bit. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood's had a lot of success in Florida in his short PGA tour career. Tyrrell Hatton was outstanding with his irons at Bay Hill last year. So that's kind of what I'm looking at is, is, you know, trying to glean some similarities from what we've seen at places like PGA national at Bay Hill at Copperhead over the last 10, 15 years and seeing if maybe it'll translate to concession this week. And uh, speaking of a, a player that has some pretty good, at least historical Florida form, that would be Rory McIlroy, who uh, gets away from Southern California, missed the cut last week at Riviera, has never really been much of a, a SoCal player, but obviously uh, very good in Florida. And your tweet that you put out, Justin, in terms of uh, how he does after missing a cut, I believe it's two wins in, uh, in four missed cuts over the last three seasons. Uh, where, where do you see Rory's game right now? I know he's been trying to make some adjustments in his swing but now he's drifted up a little bit on the odds board 18 to 1 ish uh, higher teens he was kind of in the uh, 10 or 12 to 1 range for a while do you think he's drifted up enough where uh, it's worth the play on Rory this week that's really interesting I didn't seen that he'd moved that far on the board I mean the miscut last week at Riviera doesn't bother me a whole lot the stat you referenced the previous five times he's missed the cut worldwide Four top five finishes, two wins in that stretch. So he's a guy who doesn't let it bother him. And obviously that elite ball striking game carries everywhere. He's a guy over the years has made it known that he's not really crazy about putting on polo grass, which is what we find on the West Coast a lot. So um, he's had a couple of, you know, through gritted teeth comments over the last few weeks about, yeah, I can't wait to get on some more consistent putting services. And, you know, they're going to find that in Florida. I mean, you've seen how much success he's had over the last few years there. Um, in his career, he averages nearly a stroke and a half tee to green per round on Florida courses. That's exceptional. It's among the best in the game over the last decade or so. Uh, one thing I'm worried about with him, and I think par five scoring is going to be important here. You got to take advantage of the ones that are available to you at concession. His par five scoring rank has dropped every year the last five seasons. And I don't know if that's a product of him being a little bit more aggressive and making some more high numbers there, but um, that's something that I think with some better iron play, it'll get cleaned up. But, you know, if you see Rory McIlroy at 18 to one, I don't know how you can at least like consider taking a jump at that. Follow him on Twitter at Justin Ray golf, by the way, on your Twitter page, that photo at the top, is that Kapalua in Maui? It is. Yes, sir. That's what I thought. That's uh, one of my favorite courses <laughs> in the world. And, uh, I can't uh, can't get enough of that course. That's uh, that tournament teed off the season for us in Maui, and uh, that was 
Harris English beating yes. Yes. Joaquin Neiman, who is one of my favorite young players, and I had Joaquin Neiman at 40-1, to 1, and he missed a five-foot putt that would have won uh, that tournament. Uh, Justin, when you look at guys like Neiman, um, I know Tony Finau is not a young player anymore, but some of these guys, even Xander Shoffley, who have uh, blown leads and come up short here early in the season, uh, do you expect these guys to be resilient? Could you still bet them in tournaments this spring and this summer when, you, when you're talking about uh, Neiman, Shoffley, Finau, guys like that who have uh, uh, blown chances to win tournaments here early in the year? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a strong proponent of the theory that if you keep putting yourself in a positive position over and over again, eventually you're going to break through and find success on the Sunday. Um, what Tony Finau has done over the last five seasons just defies logic. To have 37 top 10 finishes since your last win is mind-blowing. Um, and, and to me, I don't think it's necess- I don't take it as a negative to him. I mean, I know that there's some singular moments, like yes, last week uh, in the playoff, he has that opportunity to win on the first playoff hole to beat Homa and he misses the putt. But the truth of the matter is he had to shoot 64 just to get into that playoff. Mm -hmm. He had to make a ton of birdies. He putted great on Sunday. You know, Finau, his last four starts, fourth, second, second, second. If he, I I was talking with uh, my colleague that I do some work with at Action Network, Jason Sobel, I was talking to him and I kind of agree with his point that he's going to break through and win a tournament by five or six eventually. He's just so talented and so skilled that maybe that's the way he breaks out of that streak. But in terms of sticking with guys like like Xander, who leads the PGA Tour in strokes gained total this season. I mean, I think he he's also beaten a lot of really strong fields uh, in his short career, winning like the Tour Championship, Tournament of Champions in his career. I wouldn't deviate away from him. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, I mean, I, I was kind of surprised that uh, his start last week at Riviera was his first since the Hawaii swing, right. where he was so good. You mentioned him almost winning. He played great at the Sony Open as well, nearly won there. Um, I, I'm really high on him, too, and he's going to learn how to perform better in big moments coming down the stretch. Sam Burns, who we saw last week, is kind of in that vein, too. He's not playing this week at the WGC, but these are guys who are really talented, and like I said, if you're putting yourself in positive positions, you're eventually going to break through and find the winner's circle. Justin, what about uh, Bryson DeChambeau? He missed the cut at Riviera last week, too, much to a lot of people's surprise who had picked him to really uh, do well there at the Riv. But uh, he and Thomas Detry, I believe, are the only two players in this field that uh, were a part of that NCAA competition in 2015. Obviously, Bryson was your individual champion. Does that mean anything to you when you're measuring uh, how he might do this week? He's going to have some good memories there, obviously, you know, having won. He won, obviously. Now, his golf swing was very different when he won, and it was about 55 pounds ago when he won. <laughs> you know, he's put his body and his swing have completely changed since then. But um, he'll definitely have some positive memories, obviously, to, to, to go by. You know, I tend to more stick to kind of the numbers that tell you that, you know, Bryson – Maybe uh, since the Masters, he, he hasn't really – I actually going all the way back to the U.S. Open. He didn't perform well at the Masters either. But I think since his win at the U.S. Open, you know, a few things have maybe been off. I don't know if he's tinkering with his swing a little bit more. And, you know, the performances just haven't been as consistent as he was, you know, about a year ago. And then, you know, um, once the pandemic ended, uh, the pandemic hiatus ended and the run-up to the U.S. Open where he played so well. But um, he's a guy who's driven it magnificently when he's played in Florida. He gains nearly a stroke per round in his career in PGA tour events in Florida, just strokes gained off the tee. So, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily put a ton of stock in the past experience on this course, just because so, so few players have even seen it before this week. Uh, but, you know, obviously Bryson left some positive memories to, to draw from. 
Justin, uh, 14 of the last 18 WGC events have been won by a player at 25 to 1 odds or less. So certainly a lot to choose from this week with uh, number one and two at the top, DJ and Rom. We've mentioned Rory McIlroy. But let me ask you about Justin Thomas, uh, who uh, has had some adversity here uh, early in the season. Obviously, uh, the uh, comment that got caught on the live mic cost him his uh, Ralph Lauren endorsement, the passing of his grandfather. He was not very very good at Riviera last week, an event where uh, he did finish runner-up a couple years ago. Uh, do you think that this is just one of those things where it's a couple down weeks and he's going to rebound quickly, or is there something more there with JT at this point? I think he will. I think he'll rebound. Um, you know, his stroke gain approach numbers are a little bit down this season. Uh, last year, he led the tour in that statistic. It's been his calling card the last 18 to 24 months. Um, before this last month or so, I would say he's the best iron player in the world um, over that time span. He's down to 16th in that statistic, which is a little bit worrisome. That's, but the thing is, if, if 16th is worrisome for you, you're really good. I mean, because that's still among the elite players on tour in that, uh, in that discipline. So, um, yeah, it's been a difficult couple of months. And, you know, I put a little bit more stock into his grandfather passing away and you know, that being pretty stressful. He doesn't normally play a ton in the Middle East, and he went over there, missed a cut there. Um, and I think that it's all just been kind of a jilted schedule, starting with that um, the unfortunate moment in Hawaii that, that got a lot of publicity. So um, his stroke scene approach numbers worry me just a little bit, but, you know, he's not somebody that I'm too concerned about. His track record is immense, and, you know, he's got a, he's got a number of, um, of big things on his resume that lead me to believe he's going to break out of this. Yeah, JT's going to get it back together. It's, um, I think, for him, it's probably important to peak around uh, late March, early April for the Masters and not worry so much about tournaments like the one uh, or like the ones this week or next week. Uh, it's about the first major of the season. I think JT will um, – by the way, he played really well there last year. Fourth place finish in November at Augusta, so hopefully he can peak in April. Uh, Justin, I was looking for long shots this week. I think this is a tricky tournament to handicap. We don't have any course history to go by here in Bradenton. Uh, so kind of guessing at some players. I took Kevin Kistner at 125 to 1. Who do you see way down the board that you think might have a shot? This is a long shot show, by the way. Give us a couple of long shots. <laughs> Uh, I've got a guy who I really like his game. If you are a total golf dork like me and you find yourself early on Saturday and Sunday mornings watching the European tour, uh -huh. you'll have seen Victor Perez play a lot. Um, he's a big guy, six foot six. He was third on the European tour and strokes gain off the tee on the Europe, uh, on that tour last season, tied for fourth in Saudi Arabia in his last start. The only guys who beat him were DJ, Tony Finau and Justin Rose sixth on the European tour last season, strokes gain tee to green, really good through the bag. It seems like every year at these WGC events, you kind of get introduced to a guy who you may not have seen before, who's been playing well on the European tour or on the global stage. It was Eric Van Royen at Mexico last year. I think it was his first real, you know, you know, welcome to the party in a big event. Um, we had Thomas Peters years ago in the same kind of vein. Um, I, Victor Perez has a lot of game and I like, I, I'm, going to throw a little coin on him to outright and maybe the top five as well. Um, he's plus 15,000 the last time I saw him. So mm -hmm. I think that's some good value there. Another guy who I think is really interesting to maybe top 10 finished fifth at the DP world last fall, fourth in Dubai early this year on the European tours, desert swing 21st respectable against a strong field in Saudi Arabia, Lori Cantor to top 10, I think is an interesting name to watch 12th on the European tour and strokes gained T to green this season. You know, I think he's worth a flyer to maybe t finish in the top 10. 
uh, based on his play, he, and he's way down the board. So those are a couple of long shots. Nice. Setting the, the show name, you know, I'm gonna got to give you one or two that are a little bit off the board. But Victor Perez, Laurie Cantor, two European Tour guys, I kind of like this week. Right. Now, how about more towards the top of the board, Justin? You had mentioned Sunjay M. Uh, anybody else that you're backing uh, as far as the favorites this week in Bradenton? A little bit, kind of in between there. A guy who seems really low on the board this week for me. This is his first start in the United States since last November. So maybe it's a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. Tommy Fleetwood, plus 5,500. He's a guy who's played great in Florida, ranked third on the PGA Tour in strokes gained total in Florida events the last five years. Second in tee to green when they go to Florida. Nothing really flashy early in the year on the European Tour, but seventh, 17th, 26th. These are solid finishes against good fields in those events early in the season on the European tour. Tommy's interesting, and i got to give you some numbers on Sungjae because he's been awesome when he's gone to Florida. It's not just his win last year. He's played six tournaments in Florida in his career. He has four top five finishes. Mm. I mean, he's a guy who really excels on these kind of layouts. I know I'm really riding that, that Florida course theory pretty hard, but, right. I mean, in lieu of not having the, uh, not having the course history this week, you know, I think that there's going to be enough traits there to, to – that are similar in Bradenton that are going to give that some value. So Fleetwood way down the board to me. That was kind of surprising to see that number by his name. And, and I really like Sung JM too. Justin, I'm with you on Mr. Florida Sung JM this week. So uh, hopefully we're both right. But speaking of uh, Sung JM, who yeah, finished sure. uh, tied for second at the Masters last November, uh, 44 days away from the Masters, obviously now back in its traditional April slot. Any early thoughts or anybody kind of standing out to you, uh, you know, other than maybe the obvious guys like the DJs and the ROMs, uh, we're starting to see Spieth play well, starting to see Kepka maybe make a little resurgence. Anybody standing out to you at this standpoint? A year ago, before COVID hit and the world went crazy, I told you guys that my pick to win the Masters was Justin Thomas, mm-hmm. and I'm sticking with it. It almost came through last year. He's improved his finish every single year he's gone to Augusta. And I know we talked about how he struggled a little bit here early in the year, but those strokes gain approach numbers, are the mo- that's the most important statistic at Augusta National, period. It is an iron striking competition. That's what the numbers have borne out over the last five, six years since we've got that data available. And I think he's going to put it back together. Uh, strokes gain approach numbers get better as the season progresses. And just like you guys were saying, to peak going into those big events. This is a guy who is measured by the major championships at this point in his career. So that's somebody that I, that, you know, I'm going to stick to my guns and go with him again. Another guy who's played really good, consistent golf, but hasn't broke through and win is Xander Shoffley. We talked about him earlier, but he's a guy whose game fits Augusta really well. There's an interesting corollary between guys who have success at Kapalua and guys who have success at the masters. My theory is that, a lot of uneven lies and iron shots that are either below or above your feet might happen a lot. So, Xander, somebody I'm interested in for the Masters, too. All right, Justin, great stuff as always, my friend. Good to catch up with you. I'm glad you're safe there in Austin, and you enjoy the golf this week, buddy. Thanks, fellas. Fully defrosted here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is Justin Ray. Follow him on Twitter, at Justin Ray Golf. A great follow on Twitter with some outstanding stats that you'll catch up on throughout the golf tournament and throughout the week. We'll be back. Take a look at the Puerto Rico event when we return right here on Long Shots.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans with you previewing the WGC at the concession. Now, there's an alternate field event this week as well, the Puerto Rico Open, the site of Tony Finau's only PGA Tour victory. And, Wes, you have a preview and some plays for this event you want to share with all of us. Yeah, you look at the top of the board, a lot of Europeans uh, that did not make the uh, top 50 OWGR to get into the uh, workday at the concession are here this week. Matt Wallace, Thomas Peters, Ian Poulter. Wallace and Poulter are already qualified for the Masters in April, but somebody like Thomas Peters, who ranks in like the 70s, obviously want to pick up enough points to uh, put yourself into uh, that major. Uh, less FedEx Cup points, less world ranking points here, but still a two-year PGA Tour exemption on the line for the winner. That's how Victor Hovland uh, got his exemption last year. Uh, one is the favorite here at 12-1. to 1. Now he is uh, about double the price at the uh, concession this week but uh went mainly down the board it's usually a lot of longer odd guys here other than Hovland the nearest guy to win was like 50 to 1 which was Tony Finau back in 2016 uh and Scott Brown also did the same so shortest guy I had actually was Brandon Grace at 20 to 1 came back to Pebble Beach two weeks ago his father passed uh uh previously to that uh respectable finish and then he was t20 last week at Riviera 14th in strokes gained t to green 12th in approach so uh Grace could go well here, kind of re-jump his career. Will Gordon, 45-1. to 1, He's a little bit of a boomer bust. Uh, full PGA Tour status that he got from last year with several strong finishes. 
Big hitter off the tee, ninth in driving distance, shot 66 on Thursday in Spyglass Hill, which was actually the best in the Pebble Beach field, even better than Daniel Berger, who was on the wrong side of the draw for that event and ended up winning uh, at Pebble Beach a couple weeks ago, tipped uh, by my colleague to my right here. Uh, So Will Gordon, 45 to 1. Davis Riley, if you follow the Corn Ferry Tour, you know who he is. He won two events last year on the Corn Ferry, still trying to get that battlefield promotion where if you win three KF T events, you immediately go to the PGA Tour. Maybe he just goes ahead and does it this week. I uh, can bypass that. Scott Brown is kind of Mr. Puerto Rico if you really look at the form. These events are such a crapshoot, so you really can't find a lot of course form. But Scott Brown has it. Uh, former winner here 2013. Two top fives and five top tens. Never missed a cut in this event. T30 at Pebble Beach against a stronger field. Respectable. So Scott Brown, I thought, was a big number. Anurban Lahiri, 70 to 1. Really good on these paspalum surfaces on the coast. Bermuda, Corrales, Punta Cana. Also a couple top tens at Mayakoba in Mexico. Remember the old CIMB Classic in Malaysia and Kuala Lumpur. Same surfaces, back-to-back top tens. And then Rafa Campos uh, going to go with him. 200 to 1. He's from Puerto Rico. He's missed four straight mm-hmm. cuts to start the year. But T7 in the KFT event last week. I uh, think he can bring some confidence. He's got two top tens in this event. All right. Well, you've inspired me, and I threw a couple of shekels on a few guys. You know my pick <laughs> for PGA Tour Rookie of the Year was uh, Davis Riley. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on Riley. I know uh, how strong he's been on the KFT uh, kind of comes from the the class of Will Zalatoris and he could be following right in those footsteps I expect him to fare well here uh, Kramer Hickok and you talked about a lot of those coastal courses mm-hmm. uh, Kramer Hickok played well in Bermuda uh, he was very hot at the Sony has done well at Punta Cana uh, also played really well at the Amex I think he finished 19th there he's kind of been a, a an understudy uh, Freddie Couples has taken him under his wing and kind of been a mentor to Kramer Hickok so young kid out of Austin, went to UT. We'll see if he can fare well here. And then I finally went with uh, Peter Uline, uh, who played well at the Bermuda, finished 60th recently at Pebble Beach. And you got to figure he's going to be there because I think he's ranked as high as 496 in the world. So I'm like, why wouldn't this guy contend? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, look. he, uh, of course, is the uh, son of the uh, the Cushnet and the Titleist family. So uh, yeah. Peter, and you know, he really has played pretty well off and on. Um, I'm hoping he's on this week. Well, look at some of the names that have won here over the last ten years: Derek Lamely, Michael Bradley, George McNeil, Da Points, Alex Chaka. These guys were all triple digit guys. Alex Chaka. Uh, golf's in Las Vegas quite a bit. I've yes, seen him at does. the Las Vegas Country Club. Uh, Wes inspired me here. I just fired a bet on Campos at 200 to 1 because Wes tends to uh, come close or hit these bombs in some of these tournaments. And I went ahead and played it. Uh, I'm not going to brag, Brady, but I'm one of the few people in the world, I think, who can say they had a bet on Tony Finau when yeah. he won a tournament on the PGA Tour because I did play Finau at 50 to 1 in the Puerto Rico Open in 2016. And had to sweat it out because he blew a late lead, believe it or not, and won in a playoff. He <laughs> Over won Steven the- Marino. Yeah. Yes, I Steven remember Steven Marino. Wow, very good. Florida guy. We didn't even get to celebrate your back-to-back wins yet. That's coming in match play when we give out our plays for the WGC at the concession. Next up, it's major implications right here on Long Shots.
It is our major implication segment, and the first major of the new season will take place 44 days from now as they will tee it up at Augusta National on April 8th, 2021. And we have a new game for season three of Long Shots called Would You Rather? Who would you rather have in pocket to win the Masters? And I'll address the first matchup here with the panel. The matchup number one features Tony Finau at 35 to 1. Do you want that ticket in your pocket? Or would you rather have Daniel Burke? in pocket at 40 to one Wes well both guys have made uh, our three for three in terms of making cuts here uh, Berger best finish was t t10 I believe back in 2016 Tony Finau 10th in 2018 fifth in 2019 this is actually a very close one but you know I keep saying when Tony finally gets this win it's going to be at a big event no bigger here than Augusta National uh I think he's got the game here. I mean, he was obviously in that mix when uh, before Tiger, obviously, that red shirt uh, on Sunday came across and then kind of blew everybody away late. So, Tony Finau for me. I like this game, Would You Rather, this interesting concept here. And a very tough question right off the bat because uh, one with Daniel Berger yeah. two weeks ago at Pebble Beach. And uh, Wes and I both had Tony Finau, obviously, to Riviera. And I'm rooting for Finau. I'd love to see the guy break through. And, you know, how great would it be if his first win in five years was a major at Augusta? He's got the uh, track record here. In 2019, when Tiger Woods won, Finau finished two strokes back in a tie for fifth. Yeah. In 2018, he tied for 10th. So, you know, he plays well at tracks like uh, Riviera, Augusta. Brady, you and I discussed the correlation between the two in a column I wrote for Point Spread Weekly this week. Uh, Tony Finau, by the way, is out there at 40 to 1 at Circa, I think, uh, right now, if you want to grab that, so you could say these, these players have the same odds. Tough call for me. I'll go with top 10, Tony. Uh, yeah, I'm into. I call him top five Tony now. Uh, he's got what three seconds and a fourth in his last four starts. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, but I side with Finau there. You know, I always say this about Berger. Uh, he's more of a Bermuda grass surface putter, and then he goes and wins on Poana and Pebble Beach. So anyway, uh, I do think uh, Finau may be able to putt these greens or is a little bit more suited for the bent grass uh, than Berger. Louis Ustazen, matchup number two. Louis Ustazen, who lost in a playoff here to Bubba. Watson years ago he is at 60 to 1 or Jason Day also at 61 60 to 1 who had never missed a cut at the Masters until November Wes yeah uh, both bridesmaids here Jason Day was uh, tied for second in 2011 also has a third and a fifth here Uh, this is actually a really tough one because I think Jason Day has shown maybe some more consistent form, a lot more high finishes. But Louis Ustazen is a big game hunter. And he is a guy that comes out of nowhere. He's always at that between 60 to 80 to 1 range. And everybody loves to take him in majors. And why not? He's got the uh, grand slam of runner-up finishes. Yeah, I mean, he was nowhere last year and was third at Wingfoot. Uh, So uh, this is a tough one. Jason Day, obviously, more frequently injured. But... uh, I'd have to go a day. I never bet Louis Oosthuizen. Obviously, he's a competitive player, and you know, occasionally he will rise up and contend in these majors. I'm not crazy about either one of these guys, but at 60 to one odds, I think I would take a small shot on Jason Day. He tied for fifth uh, two years ago at Augusta. He's uh, another guy with a really strong track record here. I think uh, he's shown some positive signs a little bit in the past year too. Obviously, he's had a lot of health issues, back problems, whatever. If he can get past that, who knows? Day might win another major, and it wouldn't be stunning if it were 
at Augusta, Brady. We'll yeah. see if Chris Como can uh, fix his swing. That's who he's been working with, who, of course, works with Bryson DeChambeau. Yep, absolutely. I, I would actually probably go Louie. I, I think there's more of a chance that Day can win this thing, but I also think there's more of a chance that Day can go south. Sure. I, I think yeah. Louie is a guy that you figure has a real good shot to finish in the top 10, top 15 almost every year. So I, I'd probably go that direction. Uh, third matchup here, Xander Shoffley at 20 to 1 or Jordan Spieth at 20 to 1. Wow. I'll start with you, Matt. I'm going Xander. You know that. Yeah. X marks the spot for me. I just bet him at 22 to 1 to win the Masters uh, last night. That price is up there at Circa. That was the best I could find in the market. Westgate and Circa got very similar prices on these guys. And uh, Shoffley has uh, played well at Augusta, too. He's got a, he's got a bridesmaid finish at Augusta. Uh, here's a, here's the deal with these two guys, though. If you were going to bet Jordan Spieth, you should have done it two weeks right, ago yeah. when he shot the yeah. 61 on right. Saturday at Phoenix. You could have grabbed him around 50 to 1. Uh, the price is not right now on Spieth. Right. X going to give it to you, I say. Uh, uh, T2 in 2019, uh, obviously, you know, once he gets in that at 20, 25 range, that's where I think his price is, is, is appropriate. Matt and I obviously bet this guy a lot. Uh, and, you know, when he's in the teens, probably it's too low. But, uh, look, the ball striking is really good. Uh, he's usually actually better off the tee than he is on approach. But if he can get that approach game straightened out, I think he's about ready to hit one big here. And and as Matt said with Spieth, the price is just gone. You can't bet him at 20 to 1. I'm I'm believing a little bit more in him, but not believing in him enough to take him half the price that he was. Yeah, no, the, the price is totally out of whack, and I would not want a ticket on Jordan Spieth at 20 to 1. However... I do kind of prefer Jordan Spieth over Xander Shoffley, obviously, especially if I had him at 40 or 50 to 1. But uh, just everything being equal, I I kind of side with Spieth a little bit there. Let's go over uh, some of the plays we have in pocket for the Masters. Uh, I have one change from last week. I have Justin Thomas in pocket at a little better than 15 to 1. I have Patrick Cantley at 30 to 1. I have Matthew Fitzpatrick at 100 to 1. And I have uh, Jason Kokrak at 170 to 1. I added Francesco Molinari at 125 to one, and uh, the guy's coming around. Uh, he finished, uh, I believe, eighth at Riviera. Had a top 20 uh, finish, I believe, at Torrey Pines. This is a guy that uh, was in the lead going into the 15th hole there when Tiger ended up winning uh, in 2019 at Augusta. Of course, he has a major championship to his credit, a British Open, and the form looks like it's starting to come back around. I saw this guy priced in the market anywhere from 60 to 70 to one, and I was able to find a 125. And so I jumped on it. And, uh, Matt, I know you jumped on a few plays this week as well. Yeah, I finally made some Masters Futures bets after uh, after the uh, Riviera Tournament Sunday night. And uh, Monday, looked, uh, I scanned all the uh, odds boards in town, tried to find the best prices. I went ahead and played Xander Shoffley at 22-1. to 1. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, your guy, at 30-1. to 1. And Cameron Smith, who I know Wes has been talking up quite a, quite a bit. This is another Australian long shot I think you have to watch. Off a fourth-place finish at Riviera. He, uh, he chased DJ to the wire in November at Augusta. Tied for second. He also tied for fifth at the Masters in 2018. I think 70-1 to 1 is a, a nice price, and uh, this is long shot, so let's roll with it. You got anything yet, Wes? Nothing yet for me, but I do kind of like a couple of those plays that uh, Matt put up. All right, we'll come back and uh, give out all of our plays in the match play segment for the WGC at the concession. Coming up next, keep it here on Long Shots. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome back to Long Shots here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon, Matt Humans, and Wes Reynolds with you. The final segment, our match play segment, where we list all of our plays that we have for the upcoming tournament. And, of course, that is the WGC at the concession. And uh, we always start with Matt Humans. He sends in his plays. But tonight, uh, we ordered him to come in studio. He has two winners in a row. The his, people demanded it, Brady. It, exactly. The people get what the people want. Matt Humans in studio. Studio off of two straight winners, Daniel Berger at Pebble Beach and Max Homa at Riviera. The pressure's on, Mr. Humans. Who you got this week? Yeah, the three-peat's going to be highly unlikely, you would say, <laughs> right? But uh, I'm going to go back to my money player here, Xander Shoffley. And uh, I've cast with him a few times in the past. Now, it's been a long time since he's won. Wes, can you remember the last time Shoffley won? Oh, gosh. I, I, I think it was at least two years ago. Kapalua? It was Kapalua, yes. I think, to kick off uh, 2019. It was him and Gary Woodland. Because I yep, remember I had go. Gary Woodland, of course. I always have the second <laughs> place guy. <laughs> uh, last night events for Shoffley, four runner-ups, two other top fives. He ranks high in all the statistical categories. He choked in Phoenix on Sunday. That was a choke job, plain and simple. I think this guy is going to bounce back, though. He's a tough kid, and uh, he was solid last week at Riviera, 71-69, 71-69. Uh, he was not in the hunt to win, but I think his game's in good enough shape uh, to play him this week at 16-1. to And I will say this, I, I kind of feel like we're guessing a little bit at this tournament because we don't have course history to go by. I don't think the, the current form means as much. It, when you go from California to Florida, when you're playing all the, the, the Aloha swing and the West Coast swing, all those similar courses, I feel like current form means a little bit more. I think their um, routines get disrupted a little bit when you're flying across the country, and it's almost like this is the second golf season, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I always I love the first part in Hawaii, California, and Phoenix. Patrick Cantlay, though, he's rock solid. Uh, let's play him at twenty to one. 
Uh, Joaquin Neiman, guy who played twice in Hawaii, 22-year-old's got a ton of talent. He's grinding to win because he was a bridesmaid twice on, on the islands. And um, at 40 to 1, I thought the price was fair. I'll play him here. Kevin Kistner in uh, world, uh, let's say, WGC events. He's got a win and two runner-ups. Not that that means a ton at this course in Bradenton. I'm searching for indicators, uh, looking for reasons to play a guy. I wanted to look for a long shot. Kevin Kistner's game, I, I think, might fit this course. I really don't believe that length off the tee means a whole lot here. The more I read about it, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's a second shot golf course in Nicholas Design where I think Kistner should play well. So I'm just going with four quality players here. At odds, I think, are pretty good. Shoffley, Cantley, Neiman, Kistner. I, I took a look at Kistner, too. I, I eventually backed off, but uh, I don't disagree with that play, and I'm on a couple of those guys myself. Uh, Wes, we'll move over to you and see uh, who you've got this week. Yeah, I'm the chalk eater this week. Uh, obviously, this is a tournament. These WGCs were a lot of shorter price guys win, so went with the second shortest one on the row, on the uh, board, and that was John Rahm, 9-1. This kind of reminds me a little bit of last year at the work day where Rom was out of contention he shoots a 64 on Sunday and then he carries it over to the following week now it was the same course mind you at Muirfield for Memorial and then he just rolled up on him he actually should have won by more if he didn't take a late penalty there on Sunday so this could be one where Rom goes off uh, played well last week even though he backdoored that top five fourth and T to green seventh OTT eighth and approach uh Rory McIlroy, 17 to 1. He's kind of drifted a little bit in that territory. Uh, going back to Florida, I think, like Justin Ray mentioned, he's going to like these greens better. He has wins at the players at Bay Hill and at PGA National for the Honda Classic, a Nicholas design. So uh, Rory at 17, Matt and I match up on Patrick Cantlay. If there's a, if there's a Nicholas design man, it's Patrick Cantlay, really, if you look uh, over the last two years. Won the Zozo at Sherwood last fall. Former champ at the Memorial Tournament, both Nicholas Designs. Uh, actually, only Adam Scott and Matt Kuchar over the last 50 rounds rank ahead of Cantlay. Strokes gain total on Nicholas courses. Mm. So, uh, Cantlay, I like, and I like his form as well. Victor Hovland, uh, maybe going down Narrative Street. He would be defending his title in the Puerto Rico Open uh, if he wasn't so darn good right away and uh, placing so well. Uh, last three starts, uh, second in San Diego, sixth in Saudi, fifth at L.A. and Riviera was first in strokes gained off the tee last week. He's proven he can compete with the world's elite now. He's 14 in the world. He's going to win a big one very soon. Soon JM at 40 to 1. Uh, as Justin Ray mentioned, he's Mr. Florida. He's off two weeks. Two weeks off for Sun JM is like three months. Yeah. He no never doubt. takes it. He's like the modern day BJ Singh. He plays like every single week. So I think he's going to be refreshed. Third at the API in uh, 2019, fourth at the Valspar. One last year at the Honda was third at the Arnold Palmer and made us sweat, Brady, when we had Terrell Hatton, uh, that he was going to chase uh, Terrell down and maybe he was going to lose it in that win, but fortunately he held on. Cam Smith, 60-1, to one, doesn't have a lot of Florida history, but fourth last week, second tee to green, tenth in approach, 13th off the tee, tends to follow good finishes up with more good finishes. He was fourth at the Zozo in Sherwood, as I mentioned, that is a Nicholas design, and then was T2 at the Masters. So uh, this is a guy that usually can put good back-to-back -back finishes together. So uh, Mullet Man at 60-1. to one. 
I took a look at uh, being a Nicholas course, and we've talked about this before, Wes. Nicholas, uh, Jack Nicholas golf courses are what they call second shot golf courses. Yes. A lot about strokes gained approach and iron play and greens and regulation. So I looked at all of that. Also, if you read a little bit about this course, Jack will say that they're very small greens with a lot of undulation. So uh, I, again, I looked at strokes gained approach and greens and regulation. And then because they are smaller greens and you're going to have some runoff areas and whatnot, you're going to have to scramble very well because you're going to miss some of these greens in regulation. I also looked at par four scoring. Justin Ray talked about par five scoring. I looked at par four scoring because I think Nicholas courses tend to make you really work on the par fours. That's true at the Memorial uh, Mirfield Village, his course there. And uh, then I also looked at total driving and, and, and current form because again, like you talked about, Matt, a, a lot of it is a little bit of a guess this week. So I kind of went with the Nicholas theme. Mm -hmm. uh, what I figured was going to uh, work at this golf course and then some current form and and I went with John Rahm like you did Wes one of the best drivers of the golf ball in the world uh, I like the way he finished at Riviera and uh, I like the way he's played Nicholas tracks he finished second at the Zozo and he won the Memorial so that was good enough for me uh, Patrick Cantley again Mr. Nicholas course himself arguably the hottest player in the world coming into Riviera he finishes 15th there we'll see if he can get back on track this week and I went with Tony Finau. Matt, you and I were talking about it in his press conference after the game uh, that he lost uh, so miserably in that playoff. I mean, can you come any closer and not win a golf oh, tournament? Geez. And he was so positive. And he's always that way. And, and I, I mean, the last four trips, he's been second, 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 and fourth. Jeez. Last four trips out on the golf course, this guy has got to kick the door in here pretty soon. I, I think he's going to bounce back, and I think he's got a great shot this week. I went with Joaquin Neiman. Uh, I was able to find him at 55-1, to 1, which I thought was a ridiculous price wow. for a kid that is playing so well, strikes his irons unbelievably, has a sixth at the Memorial in the past, also finished 17th, uh, I believe, at the Zozo back in October. By the way, Tony Finau, fourth at the uh, Zozo back in October and finished eighth when Rom won at the Memorial. You remember, you remember Tony kind of blew that one on Saturday, too. So uh, all these guys on my card have history uh, at Nick Nicholas courses, including Harris English at 60 to 1 and Ryan Palmer at 100 to 1, who was in the final pairing yeah, with, with Rahm. John Rahm. Uh, they, of course, won together in New Orleans there at the Zurich yeah. a couple years ago. So comfortable pairing. Uh, Palmer hung with him, ended up losing by three. But uh, look, uh, a very good ball striker in his own right is Ryan Palmer. If he can just get that putter working, he's, he can be in the mix. Real good uh, total driving as well. I believe 40th on tour in total driving is Ryan Palmer and uh, excellent in par four scoring. I think 16th this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Joaquin Neiman, you know, Matt, uh, I like the fact that you're uh, paying attention to this kid. When he came onto the scene, he was basically just a ball striker and not a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. Now the short game's really starting to come around. This guy's like second and scrambling or something like that on tour. And so he is really working that short game and becoming a complete player. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, I also played him for a top uh, 20 finish there. Cantley and Finau for a top 10. Uh, the rest of my guys for a top 20. Did you play any matchups, Wes? I just played one. I played one. Will Zalatoris over Max Homa, like minus 125. That's just kind of a fade the guy that won the week before a little bit. I didn't really love the matchups, to be honest with you, uh, this week. It was uh, tough to find. Uh, what you were mentioning about Neiman is true. I'm just kind of trying to time him right. Yeah. When is he going to win? Because I think there's a lot of good courses, even in April for him. Uh, a couple of those courses in Texas, uh, RBC Heritage at Harbortown, I think will be good for him. So uh, trying to get the timing right on Neiman going 
moving forward. Yeah, I must be crazy. I'm always trying to beat Dustin Johnson, right? <laughs> he's he's the top player out there right now. And I'm you guys both have John Rahm on the futures. I like Rahm a little bit better than DJ this week, and to me the price is right as well. I found the Westgate Superbook today, plus 115 on Rom over DJ. And uh, Rom does have some experience on this course. He played it in college, correct? It's Yeah, and yeah. it's amazing that DJ doesn't win. I know he won at Doral years ago in this event, but he doesn't win very much in Florida. Yeah, he, really he, he just dominates the West Coast. Yeah. Yes. And we'll see if he uh, can come up just enough short to John Rahm there on the Florida swing here. And my play in the matchups was Ryan Palmer over, uh, who was it again? Mark Leishman, your buddy Mark Leishman, Nick. Ryan Palmer, I've got him at minus 135 over Leishman. Uh, Leishman's, of course, his form was so poor uh, in 2020. Started to come around a little bit this year, but uh, I I think Palmer uh, should have a better tournament. We're going to have to sweat it for all four days, of course, these guys, uh, this uh, this week because this is a non-cut event. 72 automatic qualifiers, no cut. Uh, so very good field this week in Bradenton, Florida. West, the first time the PGA Tour has been at this course. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, the one time it was there, we mentioned earlier, 2015 uh, PGA Championship, or excuse me, NCAA Championship, yeah. which was won by uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Next week, we will go to Bay Hill Country Club and Lodge for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. David Bierman of ESPN will join the program to help us break it down. Thank you to Nick Henyon and Sean McCollum. Thank you to our guest, Justin Ray. Thank you to Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds. I'm Brady Cannon. Cash some tickets. Thank you for tuning in to Long Shots and enjoy the golf this weekend, everybody. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.